You're listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM. During the next hour, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. Welcome to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ, 750 AM, 312-255-8408. I'm Father Greg Sackowitz, the Rector of Holy Cathedral, and today's special edition of Catholic Schools Today, which means co-hosting Dr. Jim Rigg, Superintendent of Catholic Schools for the Archdiocese of Chicago. Jim, good morning. How are you today? I am doing well, Father Greg. It's nice to be co-hosting again with you. Now, do you realize, Jim— It's been, I think, Jim, a couple of months since uh, we had you with us. Uh, yeah, exactly. It was the things back in, uh, had a hip replacement and missed a month. And so it's been a while. I know Mark Teresi has been uh, co-hosting with you. Do you realize it's been 13 months since we were together in the studio? But now that you've been vaccinated, I've been vaccinated. We are live streaming here on WNDZ. Now, when you had your second shot, first of all, was it Moderna or was it Pfizer or, or which one was it? So I had Moderna. I just had it probably two weeks ago. So I was kind of on the back end um, okay. of, uh, of our vaccination effort for our employees. And um, yeah, it was, uh, you know, I, I'm not somebody who gets sick very often. You know, I rarely, very rarely take a sick day. Did you have but a I side effect? I'll bet I did. You know, they're saying a lot of people kind of in their 30s, 40s, right. get, uh, get kind of hit a little harder with that second dose. And I, I've spent about a half a day in bed with a low-grade fever, which was uh, unusual for me. So just uh, felt a little icky, but, uh, you know, I'm very grateful to have the second vaccine. What about your first shot? Was there any reaction with the first shot? Nah, there was nothing. A little bit of a sore arm, but other than that, but there was really nothing. the second one on the puts you days. in bed for half a day. Yep, yep. And again, I'm not somebody who usually gets sick no. very easily. Now, with my, with my second shot about a month ago, the day after, my only side effect was I had a craving for Purina dog chow. <laughs> Did you really? Is that, is that normal? <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> no, I was I just had a little sore arm and uh, fatigue, but that's about it. But it's amazing how the shots, you get people with no reaction, and others like you in bed, half a day very sick. But more importantly, folks, please get vaccinated. It's yeah. very important that we that we get the vaccination so we can regain some type of normalcy, which is going to still take a while. At, uh, I hear in Chicago, and the state is still going, it's still ticking upward again, especially among the younger people. So uh, we can't, you know, Jim, we can't let our guard down. No, absolutely not. And I tell you, as, as I've said on this show many times, you know, our, our school employees, our teachers, our principals, staff members have just been so heroic this year in the many, many, many ways they have worked hard to keep our schools open, working with families and students and other partners. Um, and, you know, at this point, we believe we have um, offered a vaccine to every employee who uh, wants one. So most of our employees, I would say upwards of 90% or more, have now been vaccinated with at least one dose. 
many of them probably uh, two-thirds or so have received now both doses. And, um, you know, there, there is a set of uh, folks who are not yet ready to receive a vaccine, and we're encouraging them to do so. And I know in the state of Illinois, both Cook and Lake Counties, they're now beginning to open up vaccines to the general adult mm-hmm. population. So we're really encouraging uh, parents and even older students down to age 16 to get the vaccine so that we can, you know, continue to be safe in our schools. You know, Jim, this has really taken a toll on many people physically, mentally, spiritually, uh, emotionally. It's just been a hard year. Do you realize it was March 15th or 16th a year ago that the shutdown started? And here we are 13 months later. We're not in shutdown mode, but it's still we're far. You know, we are still far from out of the woods but hopefully we're, right. we're moving in the right direction. And I really think that you, your entire staff, principals, teachers, administrators, faculties have done a marvelous job. You and your entire team in our diocese kept Catholic schools open, which I think is kudos to all of you. <laughs> well, thank you, Father. I mean, I, I think the, uh, the real credit belongs, again, to our, uh, our teachers and principals and staff members. But... Um, and I do think we have a lot to celebrate this year. We have been able to continue. We were able to reopen in the fall all of our schools, and we've been able to continue a safe in-person instruction throughout the school year. And so, and, you know, and as I've said to you before, uh, you know, the cases of COVID that we've had have almost all been caused by, you know, people getting infected outside of school at mm-hmm. their home or in, you know, uh, sports activities or other settings and unknowingly bringing it in. And when that's occurred, we've been able to respond very quickly and quarantine the affected cohort and make sure that people don't get sick. So it really, you know, I think our schools have really set the example this year of how we can provide safe in-person instruction. A question I would have, Jim, regarding Catholic schools and archdiocese, both grammar school and high school. Would you estimate every school opened, but would you say about 90% of the children chose to be in-classroom versus e-learning? Were there about 10% that remained home, or, or don't you have that figure? Yeah, it's a little higher than that, so it's about uh, 82% of our families chose in-person instruction, so the vast majority. We actually saw some families go from virtual learning to in-person, uh, particularly in the fall as they saw that things were happening uh, safely. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, it ended up being about 18%, give or take, of our students and families that chose to uh, engage in long-term virtual learning. And the goal of that, of course, as you wind up with the spring and move into summer vacation, summer break, is that next fall to reopen like this year, and now you'll have some protocols in place, which makes it a bit easier, but still it it is not an easy road. No, so there's a lot of discussion right now about the fall, and, and none of us really know exactly what it's going to look like. Um, I do suspect that the pandemic will be ongoing. I do suspect that there will need to be uh, health and safety protocols in place. I know they're just now conducting the clinical trials for children, and we're probably not going to see children under the age of 16 vaccinated before the summer, although there is talk about maybe opening the vaccine up to students in grades uh, ages 12 to 16, which would uh, effectively uh, allow us to vaccinate our junior high and kind of underclassmen age people mm-hmm. in high school. So, uh, you know, we're, we're cautiously optimistic that we may see some easing of our protocols as we go into the fall. But I do think things like masking and to a certain degree distancing and some of our other protocols will still be around in the fall. And it worked out pretty well regarding uh, basketball 
and I know there's there's football going on right now on the different levels. And uh, but it's been uh, see, I think as we move into the fall, you know, people we cannot start celebrating like oh, come fall, things will be fine. They're not. I still think because of different locations, and we have to remember, look at Europe. Italy still shut down. Yep. Poland, yep. Germany, Spain. They're really having troubles with it. Am I correct? That's correct. And we're seeing the new strains of the virus. You know, everybody's talking about the, the, know, British. the British and the Brazilian and the South African strains. And we haven't yet seen those strains to our knowledge in our schools. But I think that they, um, they should remind us that we need to remain vigilant. As you said, uh, this is not yet business as usual. <laughs> we're still in the pandemic. The pandemic's going to be with us for at least a few more months. And we still need to be vigilant and safe. And then, no, we're going to take a break here on Catholic Schools Today, a special edition of uh, Catholic Chicago. Father Greg Sackowitz, Dr. Jim Rigg, 312-255-8408, WNDZ, 7.50 a.m. And again, do not touch that dial. often the unsung heroes in a family. Right now, many mothers are also the disproportionate victims of the COVID-19 pandemic. They've experienced higher rates of infection and more job losses. They've had to navigate their children learning remotely while caring for older relatives and struggling to put food on the table. What better way to honor the mothers in our lives, those living and deceased, than with a contribution in your mother's name to Catholic Charities 2021 Mother's Day Appeal? Our mothers were the first to teach us about compassion and community. They were the first to show us what love and caring for someone else is all about. Help us help local moms and children who are struggling this year. Please give generously at catholiccharities.net. Hey, it's Timothy Johnston here from Liturgy Training Publications. Over the past few months, I'm sure you've found yourself at home more, whether it's working from home or watching live stream masses on Sunday mornings. As we begin adjusting to this at the beginning of the pandemic, one of the things I missed the most was gathering with friends at the parish. That's why we at LTP have created this new virtual gathering series called Living the Sunday Word. We meet virtually on Thursday evenings each week and reflect on the upcoming Sunday readings. And with that, we share stories to help us more fully reflect on the Word of God. I'm inviting each of you to join us, a group of friends meeting virtually from all parts of the country. So visit ltp.org for more information and to register. You won't want to miss this. Caring adults make all the difference in the lives of adolescents. Catholic Charities understands this, and our mentorship program provides a free opportunity for youth living in Lake County to spend time, virtually, with volunteers who genuinely care about them. This program is ideal for youths age 9 to 12 who may need support navigating the challenges of childhood and early adolescence, 
Our amazing volunteers serve as friends and role models who help youth recognize their strengths and empower them to reach their full potential. Catholic Charities conducts a thorough background check on every volunteer, and our program coordinator closely monitors and supports each relationship. Mentoring is a fun after-school program that is totally different from remote learning. Virtual group sessions help youth enjoy fun activities with their peers, too. We're connecting youth with great role models. Join us today. To learn more, call 312-937-3375. That's 312-937-3375. Welcome back to Catholic Chicago, a special edition today of Catholic Schools Today. Father Greg Sacco is Dr. Jim Rigg, 312-255-8408 on WNDZ, 7.50 a.m. on this rather cloudy Monday morning in Chicago. Jim, one year ago today, which would have been Sunday, April 12th, was Easter Sunday. Oh, you're kidding. A year wow, ago. that's amazing. So much has changed in the last year, huh? And that whole, Remember, a year ago, all the churches in the cathedral, were, we, we were shut down. So Holy Week... Every church was closed down. It broke my heart. At least this year, you know, limited seating, but it was much, much better in terms of being open, people together, you know, social distancing. At least we've moved in the right direction. But uh, look at how Easter a week ago was gorgeous weather, 75 degrees. This past weekend we had on Saturday a lot of rain. But uh, welcome in the guests for the first segment there, Jim. Happy to do that. Thanks, Father Greg. So uh, we were talking in the first segment about uh, all of the ways that our Catholic schools have adjusted instruction and implemented health and safety protocols as a result of the pandemic. And uh, one of the benefits of all of this work that we've done is that we have become far more uh, sophisticated and effective at using platforms like Zoom, which do open up some opportunities to bring in folks who we might not normally be able to get in person in our Catholic schools. And so we have a wonderful example of this uh, involving Holy Family Catholic Academy, which is a great uh, Catholic elementary school in the Inverness area. Recently, Holy Family Catholic Academy students had a special guest speaker while learning about potential and kinetic energy. Fourth grade students were able to Zoom with uh, Kevin Mitrokevich, uh, I think I said that right, NASA's International Space Station Operations Manager and Space Operations Center Manager. Students were enthusiastic for the opportunity to learn from this unique opportunity and be able to ask questions. So we have with us on the phone uh, four individuals, I believe, from Holy Family Catholic Academy. We have uh, Mrs. Lori Leisenberg, who is a fourth grade teacher. We have Mrs. Debbie uh, Toussaint, who is a fourth grade teacher. And we have uh, Jake, who is, I believe, a fourth grade student. So, Mrs. Leisenberg, Mrs. Toussaint, and uh, Jake, are, are you there with us? Yes. Yes, we are. Good morning. Welcome. Well, wonderful. Good morning. Thank you for having us. Well, thank Our you for joining pleasure. us, there. Well, why don't we start with you, uh, Mrs. Leisenberg. Tell us a little bit about this uh, wonderful uh, event, this, uh, this speaker that you had joined the fourth grade. Yes. Um, so, fourth grade, work, we work together as a team, and we have these inquiry units that we study. And um, we have, we just had like this incredible opportunity with um, a parent 
who had some connections and was able to connect us with Mr. Metrokavich. And so um, Mrs. Toussaint uh, worked with all the details to create the Zoom, and our students jumped in and were so excited. Mrs. Toussaint, you want to just kind of talk a little bit about how that happened? I would love to. This father um, of the student that's also on the phone with us offered us the opportunity to make connections that would enhance our May the Force Be With You, which was about turning potential energy into kinetic energy. And he asked, well, what would be your dream connection for this unit? And I said, well, since the children are going to present a final project of making a chain reaction Rube Goldberg of their own at the end of the unit, I would dream to meet with the Rube Goldberg team at Purdue University because they host the best competition. And so he made that happen, and our children met with the actual chain reaction team at Purdue University, and they spent an hour with us graciously answering all sorts of questions and presenting what it takes to make the team at Purdue University. And after that happened, we literally had a child go home that night and set up and make their own Rube Goldberg. And so cool. that's just an example of how our students take agency and action on their own. And that's what's wonderful about our International Baccalaureate program. And then the father said to me, okay, can you dream bigger? What would you like on top of that? And I didn't, I didn't know what could be bigger than that. And he said, well, what about NASA? And, and my mouth, my jaw dropped. And so he made that connection for us. And so when I started speaking with Kevin via emails, he said, well, I would love to meet with you. And he was, as you said, the manager of the International Space Station. So he put together a presentation of all these wonderful slides talking about how the International Space Station is full of kinetic and potential energy and all the good things it does to help us here on Earth. And he graciously gave us a presentation, and then answered questions from our students for another hour. Um, and you should have seen the fourth graders, both our remote learners and our in-person learners, their eyes wide open as they spoke to an actual person at NASA. Now, Jake, you are in fourth grade, correct? Are you with us, Jake? Yes. Now, Jake, you're in fourth grade? Yes. Now, tell us, what was the experience like being described by your teachers? Tell us what... What was going through your mind through the whole presentations? Well, um, I honestly think it was um, great how we got to know how long people have been there for 20 years. And it was the 20th anniversary and also 18 countries coming together to learn about something and helping other countries help um citizens in their lives um, for the greater good. You are very articulate for a fourth grader. Mm -hmm. Now, Jake, I have to ask you this question. It says here, you maybe want to be a scientist one day. Would it be in the area of space travel? I don't think so, but I just kind of feel like experimenting or honestly learning things about angles, degrees, and also um, things we might not know about any sorts of... When I, was a, when I was a little boy, I wanted to be a magician to make my brother disappear. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm joking about uh, that. Oh, Father Greg. <laughs> well, Jake, let, let me ask Jake, you Jake, if Jake, I may. Jake, uh, I'm only kidding, all right? <laughs> <laughs> let me, if I may, uh, let me ask Jake a question. Uh, Jake, uh, this sounds like a wonderful opportunity to actually talk to somebody who works for NASA. Can you share with us uh, one interesting fact that you learned about uh, the International Space Station when talking with Mr. Mitrokevich? Um, they, um, evaluate to a five-bedroom house or a Boeing 747, and there is more than five astronauts, so they have to share beds. Ooh, close quarters. Very close quarters. And then you said this was, Jake, this was their 20th year with the NASA space station? Yes. 20 years already. That's that's amazing. Now, with uh, with, with all this going on here with uh, Mrs. Leisenberg and Mrs. Toussaint, is, is this part of the curriculum at the start of the year, or is this just kind of developed in the last month or so? So Holy oh, Family... Go ahead, Lori. Oh, thanks, Debbie. Um, Holy Family's been an international baccalaureate school for five years, and so part <laughs> of that programming is that we put together units of study. And so the May the Force Be With You unit of study we've had for four or five years. But what's so exciting about how we study is that we, we work with our students and we allow them to kind of direct some of the units of study and their questions and their inquiry kind of guide Debbie and I in, <coughs> excuse me, in how we present material. And so, um, yes, being in a, a year where field trips are, are not off campus, um, we certainly had our ears and eyes open for other opportunities. And um, we were just so blessed to have this parent reach out and say, how can I help you? That is just absolutely amazing. Jim, take us to break. Sure, happy to. And when we come back, I want to ask a few more questions about uh, teaching science in a Catholic grade school. But we do need to take a break, so we will be right back in about two minutes. This is WNDZ 750 AM, also live streaming Catholic Schools Today, Chicago Catholic Radio. Don't go away. We'll be right back. nation in our world, people of all faiths have recently been joining fervently in all kinds of prayer. They have found that coming together in prayer is a source of comfort and strength. In this spirit of unity, the Archdiocese of Chicago has introduced a call to prayer, a telephone line dedicated to prayer. If you would like to join with another person in prayer, call 312-741-3388. This line is staffed from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. daily with parishioners from across the Archdiocese of Chicago. These volunteers are here to listen to you, offer support, and pray with you. A call to prayer includes a 24-hour voicemail and email options as well. Experience this wonderful opportunity to join with people just like you who trust in the power of prayer. That phone number again is 312-741-3388. Let's pray together today. The Word Made Clear is exactly what its name implies. 
It's an easy-to-understand explanation of the Word of God, the Gospel. Hello, I'm Father James McElhone, Director of Biblical Formation for the Archdiocese of Chicago. I'd like to, like to invite you to take our free online, online Bible study program by, go, by going to thewordmadeclear.org. Our website offers an audio-based guide to the Gospels of Mark, Matthew, Luke, and John. Listen to my lectures and follow along with the handouts provided. There are even discussion guides. You can also explore the biblical roots of the Mass. And there are links to a wide variety of biblical sources that will benefit both teachers and students of the sacred scriptures. Just go to wordmadeclear.org to experience our free online Bible study program. Again, it's free at wordmadeclear.org. It's the Word of God. Enjoy. Catholic Charities After Supper Visions program offers guests of our Tuesday night supper the opportunity to learn the art of photography. These talented guests who are often experiencing homelessness are offered disposable digital cameras and they work with volunteer professional photographers to learn the basics of taking photos. Then the artists go out and capture images on film of anything they find to be beautiful or interesting in the world. Their photos are amazing. Visit AfterSupperVisions.com to learn more about the artists and their artwork. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn, too. At After Supper Visions, we are developing film, talent, and hope. Welcome back to Catholic Schools today on WNDZ, 750 AM. Father Greg Sack with some co-host, Dr. Jim Rigg. 312-255-8408. We are live streaming. And Jim, take it away with a question or two for our wonderful guest this morning. Yes, thank you, Father Greg. We're talking with um, Mrs. Lori Leisenberg and Mrs. Debbie Toussaint, who are fourth grade teachers at Holy Family Catholic Academy in Inverness. Are you on a spaceship right now? Am I, am I on a spaceship? Sorry, they just made an announcement. <laughs> oh, I thought that was, a space, we was part of space travel there. <laughs> That's pretty cool. I like the sound effects. Nice going, Jake. I'm impressed. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> so let me uh, maybe start with this question for, uh, for our teachers, Mrs. Leisenberg and Mrs. Toussaint. Um, so I, I talk to a lot of elementary teachers, and often they're very nervous, especially at the younger ages, to teach science. You know, many teachers feel very comfortable, you know, in, in subjects like language arts and math, but they don't feel like they can do an effective job of teaching science. And it sounds like you're doing some, just some wonderful things. Would you have any advice to teachers who are maybe a little intimidated about teaching science? Well, I think we have a direct, distinct advantage at our academy because we are the only North West Suburban School that does International Baccalaureate, so we've been through a lot of training, and our International Baccalaureate coordinator is Colleen Beer, and it doesn't get any better than that. So we have put together units with her, and we have a minds-on, hands-on approach, and I would say for people teaching science as much as you can get out of, you know, just reading a textbook and answering the questions, getting those kids engaged in hands-on activities is really what sparks science and makes it come alive. So we've had a lot of training. In fact, right now, we literally are in the middle of another training session with our IB units, and each time we finish a unit, we meet with Colleen and we go through another planner 
reflection and evaluation of how it went and how we can change it for the next year. So it's always evaluating, always reflecting, and seeing how we can make it better. So I think just getting those kids in there and doing as many hands-on things as you can is what makes science come alive. No, I did, what do you uh, think, Lori? Did I leave anything out? Um, I would I would just add one little like nugget to that. Um, yeah. That our whole school embraces science. Um, our middle school was the first school in Illinois to be um, STEM certified back in 2018. And so there's just a culture here of um, inquiry and science and math that it's just woven into who we are. It starts with our preschool, and it just it's it's part of who we are. It's, um, so I don't think that there's any any fear because we just have such a good community of teachers and support people when it comes to understanding science and knowing that it's always changing and um, being curious about that. Along those lines, though, for either Lori or Debbie, what were the parents' reactions in the fourth grade to this entire project? You know, I'm sure uh, you had to get some reactions from the moms and dads. They were ecstatic, and I think we We've definitely been spoiled this year with the advantage of having Zoom calls. And at first, oh, we won't be able to take field trips. Um, but this year, we've had the opportunity with our contacts to do a Zoom trip to the Clearwater Aquarium um, in Tampa. And we had a behind-the-scenes one-hour private tour there to talk about animal adaptations. And they took us literally where people aren't typically allowed to go in that in that Zoom call. And then we did have the Purdue, and then we did have the NASA. So they've been ecstatic that their kids have had this kind of exposure and haven't had to leave the classroom and be unsafe in any way. Well, that's great. And um, let's why don't we go back to Jake. Jake, are you still there? Yes. Yeah, so, um, Jake, um, you know, in our last few minutes here, why don't we talk a little bit more about, you know, Holy Family uh, beyond just science. Uh, tell us a little bit about what uh, what are your favorite things about Holy Family Catholic Academy, and don't say recess. Every kid says recess. <laughs> so, you know what are what are some of your favorite things about going to school at Holy Family Catholic Academy? Honestly, going outside and having fun with our, my friends, um, mm-hmm. doing the special activities because they're always fun to um, do. Uh, like sports and gym or do the music that we do in music or in Spanish or new words. And in normal class, sometimes we get to use some fun materials to have um, learning with like math or science. And we can actually uh, learn with pictures or words, but it doesn't have to be like writing essays or sentences. It's more like writing down um, um, parts of things you need to know as step-by-step to getting through the project, like a plot map of the story. There could be four going up, rising actions, and then two going 
to the following action. You know, Jake, you're a very articulate and bright young man. This is amazing. You should be, I think you're going to be a radio announcer one day, besides being a scientist. <laughs> now, Jake, the thing is, I know your pastor, Father Terry Keehan, extremely well. Now, he's younger than I am, but he and I used to play basketball together. We had a priest team called the Runnin' Revs, and your pastor was an outstanding basketball player and a great priest. So a shout-out to uh, your pastor, Father Terry Keehan, and Holy Family there. And at, uh, Now, in the last you know, couple of minutes— We love him. Oh, that's one. Oh gosh, that's wonderful. Thank you for saying that. And that uh, you know, Father Kean loves children, loves all the people. Holy Family is a tremendous pastor. Now, moving forward in the last couple of minutes, either for Lori or Debbie, what's on the horizon as you move in this last quarter? Lori, you want to take that, or you want to do that together? We can do that together. We um, we are each teaching fourth grade, but in a different capacity. So Debbie has students who are in person, and I have a cohort of students who are remote. Um, and so while we, are, as a fourth grade, cover the same material, we do not cover it at the same time, just um, out of the logistics of what we're doing. So we, um, we do have some um, inquiry units left for our fourth graders to finish up the school year, and um, as, a, as a school, we are also in, in the throngs of um, some IB training for the staff, so it's, it's a busy time. Debbie? Our last uh, inquiry unit is going to be Our Evolving Earth, learning about how our world works. One of the components of that is going to be for the Grand Canyon, and thank you to our contact. We're going to be meeting with a park ranger from the Grand Canyon and getting another behind-the-scenes look, if you will. So that's another great Zoom call that's on the horizon in just a couple of weeks. So we're very excited and looking forward to that. Although I might have just given that away because the students didn't even know about that yet. (laughs) You heard it here first. Now, Jake, you you can tell anybody, Jake. (laughs) It's a big surprise. well, Jacobs are going to be our expert because I went to the actually... Grand Canyon, and I know the Colorado River goes through it, so I pretty much know that, and I know the what you do over spring break, Jake. And I flew in a helicopter to go to the Grand. When Canyon. did you go to the Grand Canyon, Jake? Just this the last couple of months. Uh, the spring in spring break, I think it was March. And you flew in a helicopter over the Grand Canyon? Uh, landed in the Grand Canyon. No kidding. Were you scared? <laughs> so he's going to be our resident expert along with the park ranger that we flew. Wow. I've, cool. Yeah, I've, I've never been to the I hope to get to the Grand Canyon one day, so you know, God bless you. It, uh, was, is the Grand Canyon, it's really huge, isn't it? Yeah. We were like, um, I could see the river. But we weren't, like, high up. We were just kind of, like, close in the middle, and we didn't, uh, like, have a hard side, like, angled land. We had a flat one, so at least that was safe, and I got to have some fun there. That's amazing. All these experiences of fourth grade. We need to bring this segment to a close. We want to thank in a very special way 
uh, Mrs. Lori Leisenberg, Mrs. Debbie Toussaint, and fourth grader Jake from Holy Family Catholic Academy in Inverness. We want to thank you for joining us here on Catholic Schools Today. We are live streaming 312-255-8408. Father Greg Zakowitz, Dr. Jim Rigg, WNDZ 750 AM. Stay with us. We'll be back after these messages. And again, do not touch that dial. is a core ministry of our Catholic faith tied to the corporal works of mercy. It's comforting to know that our Catholic cemeteries are caring for the remains of our loved ones awaiting the resurrection. There are 44 Archdiocese of Chicago Catholic cemeteries willing to help you in your time of loss. Call 708-449-6100 or visit catholiccemeteryschicago.org. Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1837. Catholic Charities Schreiber Center for Human Services is now open in Round Lake. Due to the pandemic, we are limited in the number of in-person programs that we currently can provide. However, a food pantry is open twice a week and a Wednesday night supper is held with to-go meals every week. A wide range of senior services are now offered as well. If we can assist you or someone you know, please call us at 847-546-5733. That's 847 847- Five four six five seven three three. Before, during, and after COVID nineteen, Catholic Charities is here for you. You're listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ seven fifty AM every Monday through Friday from eight AM to nine AM. The Archdiocese of Chicago presents programming about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago. And welcome back to Catholic Chicago, today's special edition of Catholic Schools Today. Father Greg Sack was Dr. Jim Rigg, 312-255-8408. WNDZ 750 AM. We are live streaming here from our studio. And, uh, you know, Jim, that was a tremendous first half hour. And I'm very impressed with little boy, Jake, his experience. And uh, he's so articulate. Yes, that was, uh, that was quite amazing. I mean, it was, you know, the vocabulary that kid had. He was so articulate there uh, in describing their experiences with the, uh, the NASA director of operations. And also his experience down at the Grand Canyon. Yes. <laughs> so now we go we go from Holy Family Catholic Academy to DePaul College Prep and Jim take it away. Happy to do so. Thanks Father. So uh for our next segment we're going to be talking about a new program at DePaul College Prep in Chicago. So the DePaul College Prep community stood in solidarity with Asian American and Pacific the Asian uh, American and Pacific Islander community over the recent shootings in Atlanta. 
students, faculty, and administration participated in two solidarity vigils and the Stop the Hate rally in Chinatown. This past fall, the AAPI Club, which I believe stands for Asian American and Pacific Islanders, began to raise awareness of the specific forms of racism and discrimination that AAPI people face and give them greater visibility and voice. They also seek to educate others and involve them as active allies in fighting anti-Asian racism. So we have several guests with us via phone, and I apologize if I mispronounce any of the names. Uh, We have two students from DePaul College Prep, uh, Serena, who is a senior, and Kobe, who is a junior. And then uh, we have two uh, staff members, Mr. Chris Corbett, who is a teacher and moderator of the AAPI Club, as well as uh, Ms. Florence Merkel-Deutsch, who is the Director of Mission and Ministry. So, Serena, Kobe, Chris, Florence, do we have you with us? Yes, we're here. Yes, good morning. Good morning, everybody. How are you? Great to have you with us. Why don't we start with you, uh, Serena, uh, as our senior. Tell us a little bit about uh, the efforts underway at your school to combat racism against the AAPI community. Yeah, well, at the moment, we're currently working on educating our community in ways that we can be allies to the AAPI community. So, obviously, like you mentioned, we had two vigils, and we really got to hear the experiences of all of the students and faculty members who were affected by the shootings in Atlanta. And as we approach May, which is Asian American and Pacific Islander Month, we're working on hosting more events where we can kind of bring the community together to celebrate Asian and Pacific Islander heritage and working on um, kind of teaching the students how we can help each other and really listen and understand each other's stories. That's a very excellent summary, Serena. Uh, Kobe, how has the shootings and all that's been going on affected your life? Are you with us, Kobe? Uh, hello, I am having issues right now. Can, uh, can you wait a second? We'll do okay, so then uh, maybe we'll have a we'll turn with Kobe there. So it uh, well maybe uh, for with, with Mr. Chris uh, Corbett as moderator and teacher of the AAPI club. How has all this affected you and the kids' reactions when you would talk to them? Uh, well, um, it's all been very positive, and I should uh, point out that uh, I started at the DePaul Prep in the spring of uh, 2019, and uh, during the summer uh, re- vacation, um, Serena. Tran actually sought me out, and we started to have a conversation about um, how to represent Asian American students at the public college prep. And by the time we got to February of last year during Black History Month, I sort of uh, tossed out the quest, the rhetorical questions: Why don't we have an Asian American Pacific Islander club? And Serena was completely on board with that from the very start, and so I consider her the founder member of uh, the AAPI club. But following the, uh, the protests over the summer last year um, uh, in solidarity uh, with uh, George Floyd, by the time we came back in the fall, it was clear that we needed to have an AAPI club uh, because from the beginning of uh, the pandemic last year, you know, the rhetoric was, was uh, directed towards uh, Chinese people specifically, associating them explicitly with disease and so forth. So we've been 
keeping our heads down since then. But then uh, the shootings in Atlanta, of course, really take things to another level. And the thing that impresses me the most is that this young generation of Asian Americans is not willing to be quiet, keep their heads down, and just keep going forward. They're pushing back, and that's inspiring to me as well as to our students. And along those lines for Ms. Florence uh, Merkel-Deutsch, as a director of Mission Ministry, what is your whole role in this, in this tremendous endeavor? Um, thank you. Yes, I oversee our faith life here at DePaul College Prep. So my goals are to provide room, space for students to use their voice and to gather us in prayer. And in our response to the Atlanta shooting and working with Mr. Corbett are a primary example of ways that we can live out our Catholic social teachings, in particular solidarity and dignity of the human person. So they brought me into the conversation, and we always try to represent different groups and to respond to Catholic social teachings in real active ways that are relevant and that respond to the needs in our communities. You know, we're a Vincentian school, and St. Vincent de Paul's seminal question was, what must be done? Examining what's going on behind, around you and responding intelligently and prayerfully. So they brought me in to talk about holding a solidarity vigil, and we were very deliberate about the word solidarity. And it was an option, it was an opportunity to gather in prayer, but also as an expression of allyship. So we had some conversations, so I took in what elements would be helpful to the community and that would be effective in expressing um, the interreligious nature, nature of our community and the intercultural nature of our community. It was also during Holy Week, so it really is an intersection with the suffering of Christ and how we had um, stations of the cross set up around the building that related the stations to real-life situations going on in our community and in the world, and then also the intersection with our Catholic tradition and that God walks with us both in our joys and in our tragedies. So when we were putting together the prayer service, we used incense as an expression that is used both in our Catholic tradition but also in Asian traditions. We included different ally clubs in our community, including the Black Student Union. We used a prayer from Martin Luther King. We also included a Buddhist prayer in it and a wonderful, powerful reflection from Serena to open and close the vigil. So it was a beautiful gathering of our students, but it was also really meaningful, and it was a great launching launch pad for us to remind students what allyship looks like to be present to each other, and to make a commitment to live out these Catholic social teachings in our community and in our city. That's a wonderful summary there. We're going to go to a break here on Catholic uh, Chicago, special edition of Catholic Schools Today. Father Greg Sackowitz, Dr. Jim Regan, our guests are Serena, Kobe, Mr. Corbett, and Ms. Merkel-Deutsch. Phone number 312-255-8408 here on WNDZ 750 AM. Stay with us, and again, do not touch that dial.
Caring adults make all the difference in the lives of adolescents. Catholic Charities understands this, and our mentorship program provides a free opportunity for youth living in Lake County to spend time, virtually, with volunteers who genuinely care about them. This program is ideal for youths age 9 to 12 who may need support navigating the challenges of childhood and early adolescence. Our amazing volunteers serve as friends and role models who help youth recognize their strengths and empower them to reach their full potential. Catholic Charities conducts a thorough background check on every volunteer, and our program coordinator closely monitors and supports each relationship. Mentoring is a fun after-school program that is totally different from remote learning. Virtual group sessions help youth enjoy fun activities with their peers, too. We're connecting youth with great role models. Join us today. To learn more, call 312-937-3375. That's 312-937-3375. Hello, I'm Cardinal Blaise Supich. I got my COVID-19 vaccination, and you should too. It took just a few seconds and was painless. The Food and Drug Administration determined the new vaccines are safe and effective. And the Holy See, as well as the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, has concluded getting the COVID-19 vaccine is an act of love of our neighbor and part of our moral responsibility for the common good. We have lived with the pandemic for many months, and I know we're all getting tired of it. Vaccination is one of the most important ways you can protect your health and the lives of those you love and help bring the pandemic under control. When it is your turn, I urge you to be vaccinated. And remember to do your part by wearing a mask, washing your hands, and watching your distance. Thank you, and God bless you all. Mothers are often the unsung heroes in a family. Right now, many mothers are also the disproportionate victims of the COVID-19 pandemic. They've experienced higher rates of infection and more job losses. They've had to navigate their children learning remotely while caring for older relatives and struggling to put food on the table. What better way to honor the mothers in our lives, those living and deceased, than with a contribution in your mother's name to Catholic Charities 2021 Mother's Day Appeal. Our mothers were the first to teach us about compassion and community. They were the first to show us what love and caring for someone else is all about. Help us help local moms and children who are struggling this year. Please give generously at catholiccharities.net. Welcome back to uh, Catholic Schools Today on WNDZ 7.50 a.m. Father Greg Sackles, Dr. Jim Rigg. We are live streaming here from the studio on this Monday morning. And Jim, take it away. Happy to. So talking to uh, a set of folks from DePaul College Prep, uh, Serena and Kobe, who are students, and uh, Chris Corbett and Florence Merkel-Deutsch, who are on the staff there. Uh, did we get Kobe back? Kobe, are you with us? Uh, yes, I'm here. Great. Great to have you. Let me ask you a question. So, uh, we were talking before the break about solidarity and these efforts to, to stand in solidarity with the uh, Asian American and Pacific Islander community there at the school. Uh, DePaul 
Bowers College Prep is a, a great school. I've had a chance to be there several times. Beautiful new campus. Uh, and as I walk around, many of the students do not seem to be of Asian American or Pacific Islander descent. And so I guess my question for you, Kobe, is, you know, how has the, the community of students who are not Asian American and Pacific Islander, how have they responded to all of this? Are they standing in solidarity with you or, or not? Well, um, they're standing in solidarity with um, all of us, I think. Uh, at the vigil, I think there was a high attendance of people from all racial backgrounds, and that is really calming to me. Um, you know, a couple of weeks before, I was really scared regarding the attacks uh, in Atlanta. But seeing so many people turn out uh, to listen to our prayers and listen to service was so... Uh, I don't know how to express it. It was just so calming. Um, it was super nice. Maybe and, along, go ahead. Keep going, Kobe. Okay. Um, and when I talked to many of my friends about this issue um, regarding Asian American hate, um, they're really um, calming to me. And I remember last year uh, at the beginning of the pandemic, um, I talked to my English teacher about it through like um, writing. And she really calmed me down um, through all the mental stress that uh, the um, anti-Asian hatred has caused to me. Now, along those lines for Serena, a senior at uh, DePaul College Prep, how is the lack of representation of Asian Americans in media? Uh, what are your thoughts on that, Serena? Well, I think growing up, it's affected a lot of us in the community, um, especially because you know, everybody wants to see a familiar face when they look on a screen. And especially for me, I grew up watching a lot of Marvel and DC movies, and I love superheroes. And a big thing that impacted my life was how I never saw, you know, an Asian superhero on screen. I wanted to see that figure kind of represent me in my community. And now at um, DePaul, I think although um, Asian-American students don't make up the majority or there aren't a lot of us there. I think the community has really come together to help us um, show aspects of our culture and heritage and be able to represent ourselves. And recently I had an art exhibit where I focused on the Asian American and more specifically Vietnamese and Chinese experience. So I was able to really represent you know, my community or my own experiences through that. And I'm really grateful that I had that opportunity. Um, and although it is still difficult today growing up with, you know, the lack of representation in the media, I think a lot of us are working towards um, building that up and, you know, giving more of a voice and more of an opportunity to tell everybody about our own experiences. So do you think, Serena, we've made headway in this, uh, in this area? I think we have, although there's still a lot of room um, and there's still a lot of room for growth. I think, you know, looking towards like my freshman and my sophomore year, um, comparing it to today, I think we have made a lot of a lot of growth, and we've definitely um, we've definitely done a lot for it. So, go ahead, Jim. That's great. Uh, let's go back to you, uh, Mrs. Merkel Deutsch, the director of uh, Mission and Ministry. Uh, you talked a little bit about this in your first comments, but I'd love to go back there and kind of focus uh, broadly. Um, you know, um, Asian American and Pacific Islander uh, solidarity, as well as with uh, you know solidarity with other 
racial and ethnic groups uh, is, is so important, particularly in today's day and age. But of course, in Catholic education, everything we do is through the lens of our faith. So can you talk a little bit further about kind of racial justice in general and how that connects with our Catholic faith in a Catholic educational setting? Uh, that's a great question, Jim. And it really, our faith affirms a sense of urgency in all that we do. And one of the ways that we can really support our students is just to know that we see them and we hear them and we affirm their identity. So there are many different touch points we have with the students communication-wise. So one thing that I try to do is I oversee our Instagram presence. And something we really learned with the demonstrations over the um, death of, of George Floyd was that Instagram and social media are not just an add-on. They're actually a formational tool. So I've really tried to embrace that uh, philosophy in my approach to our social media, and that has extended out to the school. And then a lot of those images are on the television screens around our school. They come up in our daily prayer. So just any faith touch point that we have with our students. And I also have to commend our academic team in the classroom because they do it all the time. And they bring it up not only in morality, but they bring it up in scripture. Scripture. They bring it up in the freshman overview course on the Catholic faith. So anytime that I can tie scripture to social justice and to racial justice, I do it. Anytime that I can tie our you know, daily prayer and our images, we do it. And then we tie it very deliberately. We'll have a prayer and then we'll have a label that just says Catholic social teaching, solidarity, Catholic social teaching, dignity of the human person, because we really can't say it over and over again. And then it also makes the students know that, hey, I'm seen and I have an ally in the situation that is Kobe articulated. This is stressful. This is, these situations are really stressful. Our women are feeling stressed. African-Americans are feeling stressed. Our Latinx students are feeling stressed. So any way that we can be present in any form of communication, as well as visually around the school and in our social media presence, is so, so, so important. And I personally, in my own job, the Catholic tradition makes it, it's an easy connection. It's an obvious connection. And it's one that we just have to keep drawing on over and over again to live out our faith in an authentic, contemporary and just meaningful way. That's and no, we need to bring this program to a close. I want to thank in a very special way senior Serena, junior student uh, Kobe, uh, Mr. Chris Corbett, teacher and moderator of the AAPI Club, and Ms. Florence Merkel-Deutsch, director of mission ministry at DePaul College Prep. I want to thank you for this tremendous last half hour. Also, thank you to co-host Dr. Jim Rigg. Jim, great being with you again, even though we are distant from your home to... Uh, the studio here, and uh, Father Greg Sackowitz, WNDZ on Catholic Schools Today. Special thanks to our producer, Jasmine, Jasmine Kiddos. Our engineers, Michael May and Brian Hockey at Menbrock. To all, thank you. God bless and have a wonderful week. Join us every Monday through Friday at this time for Catholic Chicago. You can stream our programs live or listen to past programs by visiting our website, archchicago.org, and clicking on Radio TV. And please connect with Catholic Chicago on social media.